So hello and welcome to this podcast which focuses on measuring outcomes in contextual safeguarding. My name is Rachel Owens and I'm one of the researchers in the contextual safeguarding team and I'm here today with two professionals from Swansea Children's Services. It's Kelly Shannon and Jessica Maiden. So um, perhaps we could start with some introductions. Kelly, would you like to introduce yourself and also tell us what your role is, please? Hiya, Kelly Shannon. I'm the practice leader of uh, child exploitation and contextual safeguarding in Swansea. So um, I sit in the single point of contact uh, within uh, Swansea Children's Services and I have the job of overseeing all of the tier two contextual safeguarding referrals that come into Children's Services. Um, but I also uh, chair a lot of the strategy meetings for the individuals who experience extra familiar harm in Swansea as well. Brilliant, thank you very much. And now if I could ask, you Jess the same question. Yeah so um, I'm Jess Maiden, um, I'm the team manager of the learning and innovation team um, in Swansea which is um, essentially our, our kind of performance team um, that and I cover all of, of child and family um, and essentially you know our job is to kind of learn from from what we know we do um, and and use that learning to, to drive innovative innovative practice. Brilliant thank you very much. Okay so I have invited Kelly and Jess to have this discussion because over the last year Kelly and I and then latterly Jess have been uh, scratching our heads together to think about how we can meaningfully measure uh, the work that she's been involved in delivering. Like many involved in developing contextual safeguarding practice, Kelly and Jess have been keen to attend to the fourth domain of contextual safeguarding, uh, which describes how a contextual safeguarding system can measure outcomes and that is not just to individual young people, but also measure changes to context. So we are all in agreement that this is really important, but we are also aware that it's not that easy a thing to achieve. So in this podcast, we want to explore some of the challenges and also some of the journey that the Swansea team has been working on to test a framework and set of measures which can support us to both measure the changes for children and contexts and also provide some performance data at a system level. I would say as we begin that this is very much a work in progress and this podcast is being recorded at a point when we are uh, in the process of undertaking a pilot which is aimed at developing a set of outcome goals and measures so it's definitely not um, being recorded at a point where we any of us feel like we've got a huge amount of expertise, but we wanted to provide this kind of moment in time to reflect on where we've come and what we now um, know we need to learn and develop as we go forward. So uh, once again, welcome to Kelly and Jess and to anyone listening. Um, so Kelly, I'm going to start with a question to you, if that's okay. 
So um, as I mentioned in the introduction, your team um, in Swansea have been considering how to measure the new work that you've been doing um, through contextual safeguarding. Could you just start by explaining why you think this is important from your point of view of developing practice, please? Yeah, firstly, um, I think it's important to acknowledge that this has actually been one of the most challenging um, parts of embedding contextual safeguarding in our practice. But I think what's been helpful is kind of uh, stripping it back to um, what, what, what we try to do in Swansea and understanding if we've achieved what matters to young people and families. And what we realise is this can be kind of broadened to understand um, what matters in communities. Um, and that really is our, our primary primary goal in Swansea when we're trying to embed this practice. Um, secondly, though, I think what's um, what's been really important is um, when we have been, we've got a really good network of partner agencies who are supporting our approach. But when we have been trying to involve um, further, further agencies or reach out further into communities, what we're kind of being asked is, um, how, how can you develop, uh, how can you demonstrate the value of this approach? Um, and 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 that to me in, is is really important. You know, we know as professionals that have been working in these cases and developing the practice that that there are those outcomes, and and we are seeing positive change. But being able to demonstrate that to agencies, um, so that we can reach out further and get more people on board, is really important. And um, having that that data readily available is sometimes what is the determining factor for getting those wider agencies on on board. And and a thirdly, um, a, it's also a big factor for our partner agencies and some of the third sectors who really rely on external funding to be able to support them. So when they they see the value of this approach and they want to support us, um, sometimes it is like specific expectations on their funding that don't quite fit in with the contextual work that um, we're trying to embed. Thank you so much that's really helpful so there's, there's something really important about you being able to demonstrate what you're doing to your partner agencies which affects uh, the engagement that they're um, willing to participate in and um, yeah that's that's really helpful thank you. So um, Jeff if you wouldn't mind now answering the same question really from your point of view as somebody who's involved in a kind of system-wide um, data measuring why is it important that this work is is measured in this way please um so i guess my my role uh, within the team is obviously is to kind of help not only Kelly but Kelly her team um our service and those other agencies um really understand um, how we're doing, um, not not just in terms of um, safeguarding, but how we're achieving what matters, which kind of links in with what Kelly's just said, really. Um, and it's really important for me, I guess, that I that I and it's it's quite a, a frightening thought, really. But it, it is really important that I get this right, because ultimately what I measure will drive the work on the ground, you know, what I measure will drive what Kelly will do or what her team will do or what other services will do. So it's so important for me that I get those measurements right um, and and know so that it represents, I guess, what we are trying to achieve and what we're, what we're working towards. Um, you know, it's, it's my, I see it as my role within this to help understand if we're doing it in the right way. 
to achieve those goals? Um, and if we are, what is it that is making a difference to achieving it? Or what do we need to do differently? Again, it all forms part of driving what we do um, and continuing to reflect and learn because it is new um, for us. And, you know, I, I would hope that over time, you know, we'll develop, we'll grow, our understanding will change um, and maybe some of that work will need to change. But ideally, again, um, the measurements, if I get these right, can help us identify that um, and continuously change um, and, and achieve those those kind of core areas that we're, we're working towards, I guess. Thank you. I'm just thinking about what Kelly was saying about the importance in terms of um, engagement with partner agencies. And just from your point of view, um, as well as it being really important internally for your own sense of quality assurance. Um, I wonder if you could just briefly reflect on the expectations on you from beyond the local authority or the kind of governance expectations as well that, that your kind of the relationship that you have with um, strategic partners in terms of um, being able to account for the work that you do and, and, and what that relationship is like. Yeah, well, Yes, um, that's a good point. Actually, I didn't mention that either, did I? Um, no, that, that's that's a very good point because some of that work actually is not only about driving, um, you know, the practice, but it does get taken uh, wider, doesn't it? I guess it goes up to um, our kind of um, heads of service. It kind of goes beyond that to cabinet members. It would possibly, you know, be shared as, as part of other areas of our work where it can impact resources, target services, um, and again helps us really understand um, how we're doing. If there is a need, if that, you know, um, and kind of linking in that in that respect uh, and bringing in again how it, it does impact other um, key partners. Um, because it is very much a, much a multi-agency response um, and it's it's really important that I'm, I'm bringing all of those partners into the, the kind of data as well and information so that we understand it as best we can. I don't know, I hope I've, I don't know if I've answered you there, uh, Rachel, I hope I have. Yes, that's really, that's excellent. Thank you very much. That's what I was um, getting at. Like, I think there's something really important, isn't there, about, um, I think you, what you're both hinting at really is that um, we, we exist within a system where resources are finite and limited. And so part of the conversation we always need to have is how do we justify the resources for this? And, and I think one of the big um, kind of levers for um, concentrating on um, having me meaningful, measurable outcomes is to do with the kind of resourcing of the work. So that's really helpful. Thank you. Um, so I'm going to move on to the next question. Um, so we know that um, although it's really important for various reasons that we've just described um, to be able to, to measure outcomes, we also know that this has proved to be quite a difficult nut to crack, um, particularly for our partners um, and our um, sites that who have been undertaking a contextual safeguarding approach and trying to embed contextual safeguarding. Um, as, as, as far as I know, that I know only of, of two sites really who are currently really um, developing um, outcome measures and going deeply into this um, and you're one of them so I wonder why you think this is 
a particularly difficult thing to do um and whether there's something particular about you know the, the newness of contextual safeguarding for example that makes it difficult yeah can you just reflect on those challenges perhaps um kelly if you want to begin yeah so i think for me it is something that hasn't been done before it's similar to when we were first looking at um the other the other domains of of contextual safeguarding and when we were trying to get people to think outside of um, protecting an individual and and bringing in that kind of context and, and trying to think broader it's similar when we're looking at outcome measurements it's easy when there's something similar to compare uh, to or government guidance but you know this isn't the case at the moment for areas or peer networks um, and there seems to be a set idea of what outcome measurement should look like. And then it's difficult when we've got when we've worked in that that way for so long to think outside of that box. Um, and, and there seems to be a strong emphasis on the, the quantitative data, such as number of police reports that we receive or number of referrals that we've received. Um, but with contextual safeguarding, sometimes these numbers don't reflect what matters um, when we consider the assessment framework, such as how safe young people feel or what guardianship there is there in an area. So that for me is 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 kind of where uh, where it can sometimes be difficult and to think outside of those kind of parameters. Thank you. Yes. I agree. <laughs> Thank you. And uh, Jess, I wonder if you've got any reflections as well um, um, about why this is um, maybe a, a particularly challenging um, sort of project to undertake. Yeah, um, you know, similar to Kelly in some respects, you know, I kind of, I guess, especially in my team, we're used to kind of standardised measurements, some that have, have been developed um, outside of, of our kind of local remit, but nationally. And this is kind of a new territory, isn't it? It's, it's somewhere where we don't have anything in place. And again, we're maybe used to measuring outcomes um, for a person, I guess, um, where we have maybe set ideas of what that could look like, whereas this is ever changing. Every piece of work can be different and the outcomes are so, uh, again, can be so different to how what we've achieved. Um, and you know, it, these can be very difficult um, to kind of measure um, if if we stick to a specific standardised ways of doing that. Um, and I guess it's um, it's been challenging to think creatively about how we can still measure that, all that good work, all the impact we're having when. It's it is also changeable. Each each one you have, you know, each referral we have is so different in terms of different types of context. Um, I know for me, I've I've you know I've really relied on Kelly's expertise to help me understand that, so I can help us challenge our thinking and really um, try and think outside the box. Um, not to say that we're getting it right, um, but it's yeah, it's definitely been a challenge. But um, in some ways, it's actually been quite nice to be able to be creative and think about different ways. Um, particularly as we know, you know, we don't want people to kind of fit into a box. And I guess this has been a, a, a way that we've been able to really push that a bit and think these these th this work doesn't necessarily fit into a specific kind of box. You know, they're all they they're all quite different. Yeah. Brilliant. And I think um, that's really interesting um, what you're saying about your relationship between each other and the the 
Kelly being dry, driving the kind of practice and Kelly, your role um, in the kind of learning and innovation team. And um, I wonder whether and, and people listening might, um, as, well, as well as the kind of content of what we're saying and hopefully being able to relate to some of the challenges, um, then there might be some really interesting learning for them in in the way in which you've gone about collaborating, really learning. And I, I for myself, I've really been struck by how, um, Jess, you've come in with a really open um, attitude to sort of, you know, tell me about the practice. Let me let me learn. I've got some ideas, but actually, um, pl please give me some feedback about this. And and I think um, other local authorities could really learn from the way in which you've gone about doing this. Um, it, it definitely isn't. Oh, that's not my department, or I know better than you, or anything like that. There's there's very little um, of that in Swansea, and a real sense of like we're we're working together, want to understand and pull together. So that's um. Uh, it's been it's been like I agree it's been a, a really um, enjoyable process to be part of a, a researcher. Yeah, definitely. Thanks very much for that. Let's um, turn now to thinking about the the framework itself that you've been trying to develop and the work that that you've been doing. Um, but I thought that um, as we do that, it might be good to set the context because we do like context. Um, and Kelly, um, perhaps you could give us a summary of the types of work that your team has been undertaking so that we can then begin to talk about, well, how you're starting to measure those things. Just I'm thinking about people listening who might not have undertaken any context assessments or any contact context um, kind of um, interventions. Perhaps you could um, give us an idea of the things you've been doing, please. No problem. So when we first took on the contextual challenge, we initially tried to narrow our pilot to a small area, but that didn't work. I think we can safely say that didn't work. Um, we entered the pandemic, which which did um, create some barriers, should we say, in trying to um, develop a community approach. Um, it became very difficult to focus um, on a, commun a specific community, so we changed our focus to look at how we uh, change our systems approach to be able to facilitate us working with places, spaces and peer networks. So we we worked through the pandemic on developing a referral pathway, uh, providing professionals with training to understand contextual safeguarding. Um, and we also developed a multi-agency panel, which is uh, still uh, running today and is, is growing stronger to support the work that we're trying to do. Um, and it's an interesting, an, along all of that process we were trying to ensure that the values um that are being set by contextual safeguarding but also set by by swansea as a local authority underpin um the processes this kind of um this groundwork that we that we initially um did through the pandemic has kind of opened the floodgates to to all of the work that we have been undertaking so we we currently are working with uh areas which include places and spaces within the community uh peer networks and we're also working within schools so some of the examples of the work that we've been undertaking is um creating safety along a seafront following concerns of youth violence and young people being targeted for exploitation uh, responding to a serious incident of violence, um, which was considered by, um, by 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 the media as a riot that affected an entire community from birth to um, to you know 
members of the community in their 90s and we were working with um, residential care homes for children and young people whose residents had been targeted for criminal exploitation and we've also been working within schools where there have been identified concerns around exploitation with particular peer networks or year groups. Uh, so all of these examples have relied very heavily on the intervention of our partner agencies to support what, what we've been doing. And we very quickly realised that, that this approach can't be possible without um, that partnership um, that we have, um, including our third sector agencies. Brilliant. Thank you very much. So you've been involved in work that is multi-context and undertaking some really complex responses to bring about safety within those contexts and involving a number of partners and with the aim of trying to um, alter the social conditions within those places. Um, and obviously, um, I think when you start describing that, we can see immediately why uh, measuring that would be complex. <laughs> um, so, Kelly, um, I wonder whether you can start by telling us um, where did you start trying to put a framework around this? So just like thinking back to about a year ago when you and I started talking about this and just tell the story of um, where, where you began trying to do this, please. It definitely wasn't easy, <laughs> but the way we started was with a mini systems review to understand our values in Swansea. And the values, the values that, that we started with came from the young people who have experienced extra familiar harm, as well as families and the professionals that know these young people best. And the, at the very beginning, we felt that by understanding these values and using the assessment framework that were developed by the, um, the CS team, we were able to start understanding what um, we would need to see to show us that there have been positive changes. Brilliant. And um, Jess, I wonder if you could just reflect on where where things were up to when you joined the conversation um, about developing uh, an outcomes framework. So obviously Kelly's described how she start, was started by thinking about the contextual safeguarding framework and the, um, sorry, the, the assessment framework. Um, but when you joined the conversation, how have things developed and how did how did you could you just tell the story about how you got started get, to get involved, please? Yeah, so um, I was asked, um, you know, by my manager, you know, he asked me, can you can you link in with um, Kenny's team and develop a framework for, for measuring kind of outcomes? Um, and at that point, I kind of went into um, old habits of working and I, I guess it was, the, you know, coming together and looking at more of the kind of hard, you know, hard data like, OK, have we seen a reduction in police reports? Have we seen a reduction in um, referrals? Or so it was it was kind of that um, was that kind of automatic response. Um, and then I think linking in with Kelly and, and listening to um, that work that she had done as part of the systems review and the values that came out of that um, and just understanding a bit more um, at that point to be honest around um, contextual safeguarding and the work that um, is undertaken it, it kind of helped me um, try and think differently about really understanding whether that work is making a difference um, and I think it, at that point it was helpful for me to know the values so that was my next step really of thinking okay 
I felt like I needed to understand what those values were because ultimately they were, you know, that was my the base of my measurements, I guess, is understanding whether we were achieving those values. Um, and then, um, yeah, just working with Kelly to understand them a bit more, understanding about um, where those values would sit in, depending on maybe the context and the type of work that we were doing. Um, and, and again, just challenging thinking, really sitting together to think, OK, what would how would we know we had achieved that value and that was down to really okay what would we see what would we hear and again pushing it out pushing our thinking in terms of not just from the system but what would we hear from young people what would we hear from the community you know re what would we see um again to really push our thinking of okay how can we actually know if we've made a difference beyond police reports beyond, you know, uh, um, more kind of uh, quantitative data, but really knowing the impact that we've had. Um, so I guess that's, yeah, that's and that's where we came to then, I think, really at, at that point was was thinking about um, being more creative with our measurements and, and focusing them around our values. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. So um, I guess my reflection is um, to sort of fill in that because I've been involved in the development of this is that when Kelly came to me with uh, her work that she'd done on the assessment framework, then um, Kelly, you and I, we then sat, sat down and we had a look, didn't we, at the, the three context assessment triangles and we thought about how we might use those to turn, um, turn them into kind of one amalgamated triangle um, that helped us to produce a set of goals for each context. So that's what Kelly and I did. We worked through each of the triangles and each of the elements on on the context triangle, uh, the context triangles, and thought about how could that be turned into a, a, a goal measurement. Um, and so we then produced a set of goals that each context might then be able to. Um, map itself against. Um, so I wonder, Kelly, um, sort of, um, I suppose, moving the story along a bit. So we got to the point where we had this uh, set of goals that we we thought could fit um, each context, and then we could, like Jess has described, we then could start thinking how could we measure whether we've achieved those goals. I wonder, Kelly, if we could just take a sideways step now and think about. Um, some of the ways in which the contextual safeguarding values, which um, Jess has already alluded to, how they came into play in your thinking as you started to um, decide on um, how we would measure these things. How, how do they? How does? How does that link in for you? So, in Swansea, we do follow a strengths-based model in signs of safety, which we've been practicing for a number of years, and since I've been in post in Swansea. So these values underpin our, underpin our practice with individuals and they flow really nicely into the contextual approach we're trying to develop. And um, also with those that underpin contextual safeguarding. So as we previously said, starting with the what matters conversations with young people and family was our starting point in incorporating rights of the children and young people. And this was extended then to understand what mattered to the communities. That's when um, Jess Jess and you, Rachel, helped 
um, to come in and understand how we can utilise the assessment framework developed by the network to put parameters around our outcomes, utilising both the assessment framework and what we learn from what matters. So when we were trialling this out, we began to realise that, um, like individuals, what matters to communities, to areas, to peer networks, were quite bespoke to the area and the peer network we're working with. And that's why we, when we decided that we needed to ensure that the outcomes are bespoke to each case that we work with, as long as it was within those parameters of the assessment framework, including like young people, the environment and the guardianship, if that makes sense. Yes, it absolutely does. And I think that is something that has really crystallised for us over time, hasn't it? That these those three areas, the young, young people, the guardianship and the environment, those three areas that are obviously embedded in the common assessment framework that we've um, mirrored in contextual safeguarding, that we that they're really um, key to measuring outcomes because they like literally triangulate each other, don't they? That you can't just measure the guardianship because if you did that you wouldn't you, you might say for example oh yeah we've increased the guardians in this area but if you haven't got the young people's experiences you haven't found out whether actually young people experience those guardians as being helpful or not then you haven't then been able to really measure it properly and then likewise with the knowing whether the kind of wider community are also engaging in this work or the environment has actually changed so that anything that you're doing is sustainable. So it's really, it's it's become really kind of um, critical for us to to think about having measures that 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 really um, talk to each of those three areas, hasn't it? Um, okay, yeah, thanks. <laughs> um, so um, I wonder if um, you could just describe for people now where you're up to in terms of so um, the the piloting of a of this um, this work this framework that we've got, um, which is to try and um, delve into uh, cases and and develop some outcome measures. I wonder, um, Kelly, if you could just start with just describing um, how that work is is you know, what the plan is for that work and and any anything that that you've actually undertaken in relation to it and what you've anything you've learned from that so far i can and this is where jess and her team really come into their own and keeping us in check when we are doing doing this work and ensuring that you know we are kind of meeting those outcomes so what we've decided together we've had a number of meetings now and we've decided that we'll be looking at setting the outcomes based on the assessment framework right at the beginning of the case when we initially have a referral so what we'll do is um following the signs of safety approach we're going to develop worry statements and well-being goals based on that referral that comes in and this will be the uh, this will formulate our outcomes that we want to achieve and our goals so these may be things like uh, the young people feel safe in the space they use in, or there are community members with invested interest in keeping the young people safe within the space. We plan to then undertake our assessments where we'll have the opportunity to clarify these goals with the people in those places and spaces or within those peer networks and the professionals working around them. We will then meet with the communities and the professionals within, it might be within that kind of strategy meeting arena or within a community meeting. Um, and they'll be the people with the invested interest in the context to agree the plan and measure the effectiveness of this plan. 
So we um, we use the data that our partner agencies can bring to the table, such as heat maps for crime hotspots and how these change over time or the number of referrals. So, you know, we, we don't neglect those kind of numbers, but what we are planning on doing is combining this with really valuable feedback from communities um, using things like scaling questions, questionnaires at the beginning, at the end of our intervention and really taking hold of some of that qualitative feedback that we can have from those bespoke outcomes at the beginning that we set at the beginning of our intervention. Fantastic. And then Jess, I wonder if you can comment on the kind of completion of that. So once uh, Kelly's described how these measure measurements are going to be set and how they're going to be um, bespoke to each context dependent on the goals that have been um, uh, set according to the assessment. I wonder whether you can describe what's going to happen next in terms of the kind of the, the actual measurement activities and then the kind of completion of that process. Yeah, so what um, so within that work Kelly's doing, what, what she also do at the beginning um, is identify. So we kind of talked about that kind of bespoke framework. So identifying at that point um, what goal we're working towards um, in terms of what our measurement would be for that particular referral. And again, thinking about from the beginning, I guess, um, identifying how would we know we've achieved that, whether that's um, a, 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 um, you know, a feedback form with a young person or a community, and we get in and our team help Kelly um, develop again a, a kind of bespoke um, feedback form for that particular referral so we can get in and see if that's made a difference. Um, and then we'll also link to other areas, so say, um, you know, we've got um, other meetings that take place where you might have other outcomes. So say, um, example, it might result in maybe, um, you know, an area, um, a concern of an area becoming maybe a youth club um, or a particular piece of work in, in the local schools, or there's other outcomes that come out of, of, of that referral as well. So I guess we have kind of multiple branches in, in, in terms of the meeting and also just specifically Kelly's work um, with that referral and that measurement and we then tap into that and we, we keep a record of all that so that at, the, at kind of um, at six months at 12 months we can pull back and say okay we have been involved um, in, in, in you know these many referrals relating to these goals and that's where it's really helpful to have those parameters um, to see whether it does relate to people or guardianship or environment um, and actually whether um, what the feedback is telling us, you know, what communities are telling us, what young people are telling us around whether we've made a difference to that issue um, and also what outcomes have been achieved from doing that work. Um, and again, feeding that into then, um, you know, Kelly, um, senior management and beyond, um, you know, I, again, to identify areas for development, for improvement and things that actually we know make a difference because ultimately that potentially could be something we want to continue or repeat because we, we've identified not just from maybe data, but from what people are telling us that it's actually made a difference to them. Thank you. Thank you. So um, can I just add all... to that, Rachel? <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. Please what, do, yeah. What's going to be important going forward as well is once we have developed, you know, that that feedback and and um, 
we are going to be able to share that through our CMET panel with our partner agencies because they, you know, they're so closely linked to what we're trying to achieve. Um, they will be able to utilize, you know, those those outcomes um, within their own work because they're going to be, you know, core members of what what we've um, what we've achieved. So it'll be, a, you know, shared ownership then over um, that data. Yeah, and I also um, imagine it will help you to make decisions about the closure of cases um, and like you were talking about the kind of review process so that your panel can hold uh, a case if they've tasked a piece of work out to your team, Kelly, has un undertaken the work and then you've um, provided a set of measurements that show the changes that have been made and I know that you use the kind of um, scaling questions and that you're going to repeat that process so that you can then it gives you a, a really robust framework for having conversations about cases that need to be closed or cases that need to, that can be kind of um, that need that need further work. Um, I imagine that that will that will be part of it as well. Yeah, it has helped. I mean, this work can be so so broad. And you can, when you start doing an assessment into a into a peer network or into a, a physical area, you can get pulled in so many different directions. And setting those outcomes and those parameters at the beginning allow you to focus where that work goes. And it's been, it is already, even though we've only been implementing it for a short period of time, it's really helped us to focus on um, what we want to achieve within a case. Um, so yes, yeah, it's it's, it has been really helpful. Brilliant. I'm so pleased. And and I think the thing that we're most excited and, and think I'm really interested in in learning is how this process has helped you to develop those actual measurement methods. Um, and I think one of the things that we realized is that actually um, many of the methods that that are used in the assessment process, so the surveys or conversations with young people or the observations, that those could actually be things that are then repeated as measurement pro methods, um, obviously with a slightly different focus at the end, but to sort of, to be able to kind of make a comparison, then actually using the same methods makes a lot of sense. And, and so it'll be really interesting to, um, to learn alongside you how that has, uh, has actually borne out in practice and, and also whether you, how you find some of that other, the, you know, like you mentioned the partnership data, how you find using that to um, to be able to kind of uh, test whether the goals have been achieved and, and what the kind of limitations and also what how facilitative that is. And so that those are some of the really interesting things that we're looking forward to um, coming out of this piece of work together. Um, okay. So um, that sort of brings us to the end of um, the kind of questions about the framework. And I just wanted to, to close really to say, I know that you, neither of you um, feel like you're particular experts. You're both very humble people, um, um, but I'm, I am interested. And like I said at the beginning, that not many people are venturing into this territory. And so I am interested in what advice that you'd offer at this stage to others who are thinking about developing some kind of outcomes framework within a contextual safeguarding um, system um, to address extra familial harm. Um, so um, Jess, would you like to, to start um, with what, what your kind of advice or recommendation would be? Um, oh, 
to know us because we're, we're at the very beginning of our journey really and you know I don't know how it's going to pan out but I guess to really just challenge your thinking and just continuously ask questions because it is very easy to fall into um, a certain way of working I guess and it, it's I think it's so important to to try and think outside of that sometimes and really um, challenge your thinking in terms of okay if this was the best it could be what what could, would it look like or what would I want to be um, driving or achieving I guess um, I maybe just yeah, and it's hard. It is hard to challenge your own thinking sometimes, isn't it? But um, you know, and and try and you know, for me, I guess the, the bit that's really made a difference is just linking in with Kelly and really understanding her work for for, for me to be able to do that measurement um in in the best way I can, I guess. Thank you. That's that's brilliant advice. Thank you very much. Um, Kelly, um, what, what would you say you've learned so far that, that you could uh, share with anyone else having a go at this? Whereas Jess will link in with me and find out, you know, from me what, what what's working. I find that out from the communities that we work with. So for me, going right down to understanding what matters to the communities, what matters to the young people, um, it, it, we really need to work from there when we're setting outcomes and goals. It's really, really easy to to like start thinking about those traditional child protection measurements. And, and I'm not taking away how important these are for individual cases of harm. But sometimes we need to think outside of those parameters because when we're thinking about a context, it, it does feel like we're trying to fit a square peg into a round hole. So starting with what matters to the people that we're working with and working on from that point really helps you to um, find out what those measurements need to be. Thank you. That's fantastic. So um, that's the end of my questions. I wonder if do either of you have anything else that you'd like to share before we end? I think for me, it's just be brave and 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 work together because, uh, like you said, you know, in, in Swansea, we've got a. I feel as a practice lead that I've got the support of of different teams around the local authority and 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 Jess's team have been really great in in helping me to understand as a practitioner on the ground you don't always and you know you, you understand your work to outcome measurements but understanding why they what what they are for and where they where they come from and helping to develop them has been a real learning curve for me so working together is is vital Thank you. Brilliant. And um, how about you, Jess? Anything else you'd like to add? Um, oh, I was going to say no, but Kenny's just said something actually that I, I have thought about and just the importance of um, bringing people on your journey, isn't it? Because I guess listening to Kenny then, bringing her on that journey of, of developing them together will make a difference, I would assume, to Kenny. Um, wanting to improve those measurements and wanting to know the outcome just by kind of doing it um, collect collaboratively um, and bringing her on that journey with me. So I think that's been uh, really important. Brilliant. And I'd just like to thank you both so much um, for recording this po podcast, but also for inviting me into this um, process as well. And I have learned a great deal from doing it and I look forward to carrying on doing it together so that's the end of the podcast thank you for listening and good luck to anyone who is hoping to develop any contextual safeguarding outcomes framework
Goodbye.